UK News podcast listeners. I am your host, Jacko Zwetslut. Today is Saturday, December 19th, and I'm here in Seoul. And joining me via Skype from Washington, D.C., where it is still yesterday, is Professor B.G. Moon to talk about North Korean art. This podcast is hosted by NK News, your specialist source for trusted information on North Korea. Get behind the headlines at nknews.org. For even deeper analysis and cutting-edge data on the DPRK, check out NK Pro, the comprehensive platform for professionals monitoring the Korean Peninsula. Connect us, uh, contact us at membership at nknews.org for a free trial of NK Pro. My guest today, Professor B.G. Moon, is a visual artist and professor of painting in the Department of Art and History at Georgetown University. He also has a strong interest in North Korean art, having made nine trips to Pyongyang to conduct research firsthand. He is the author of North Korean Art, Paradoxical Realism, uh, about the 2018 Gwangju Biennale exhibition, and North Korean Art, The Enigmatic World of Joseon Hwa, published in 2019. Both books were published and are available through Seoul Selection. Welcome on the show, Professor Moon. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Uh, an article on our website, nknews.org, in July 2016, called you an American ambassador for North Korean art. Would you agree with that portrayal? Well, I'm not sure I can be uh, addressed as American, uh, I mean, the North Korean ambassador, art ambassador, but probably what I've been doing, uh, they probably like to call me like that. That's okay. Mm. Is North Korean art relevant in today's world? That's a very complicated question how we see the society, first of all. As you know, uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991, North Korea, or we call it the DPLK, is uh, notably the only country in the world that continues to actively create socialist realism art as of 2020 and soon 2021. I think North Korean art conveys the distinctive expression and unique characteristics that have developed over the past seven decades within the largely closed-off society. So your question, uh, we have to discover to, uh, to get to the answer at the end of my talk today. Okay, is all North Korean art propaganda? You know what, uh, usually the discussion of North Korean art relate to issues of uh, propaganda and uniformity versus uh, individual artistic expression. Uh, without exception, I receive questions about these topics at talks and during interviews on North Korean art. So these queries can be, uh, I think, boiled down to one basic question. As you said, is North Korean art relevant in today's world? You know what, this kind of uh, inquisitive minds often pose the question of whether all North Korean art is propaganda. There is a, a, an assumption that only state-ordered propaganda art exists in the DPRK and that the uh, Mansude Art Studio, which is the uh, largest state-run artist community in the world, is merely a factory with a production line. It is true that I believe North Korean art is largely propaganda art, but, this is a big but, that is not all of what it is. That was what I discovered through my research. 
What uh, do most people get wrong about North Korean art? Well, first of all, uh, people outside of North Korea, they really don't understand the country. As a result, they don't understand the culture of the society. So the art is mainly a reflection of the culture and the society. So simply, we don't really understand the art because we don't understand the society. And then, uh, especially these days, you know, because of uh, UN sanctions and then COVID-19, nobody can travel to North Korea. Even before this was uh, uh, implemented, um, you know, not many people were able to visit North Korea. And even you go there, even you travel to North Korea, mm -hmm. there are restrictions. So you cannot really see what you want to see. So you are guided uh, to uh, places uh, by your uh, minder. You see only very limited of the you know, phenomenon of a North Korean society. So you cannot really get uh, the real and true story. No, it, it's true, as you say, that uh, North Korean society has been mostly closed off for the last 70 years, but it's not, a, uh, it's not a complete black box. I mean, we do have people who come out of North Korea who talk about life inside North Korea. There are also uh, books and films produced within North Korea. So it's not like we have absolutely no data on life within North Korea. Yeah, that's very true. But uh, speaking of uh, those uh, defectors' stories, what I think is that their stories are genuine and very true. At the same time, their stories are very limited. Their stories are from uh, where they uh, used to live in North Korea and their experience, all individual people's experience in North Korea is very, very uh, isolated and limited. So that's one thing. And then, you know, other things like uh, films and books, uh, we, of course, we learn quite a lot from those, but they're all uh, pretty much like a decorated and pretty much like something that we cannot penetrate the society as we can do uh, in liberal societies here. Uh, in an interview that you gave in December 2015, you said, I agree with most critics who say there is no individual expression in North Korean art and there is no art for art's sake in North Korea. Uh, what's wrong with art for art's sake? Why is that not favored in North Korea? Why is that looked down upon? You know, art for our sake is what uh, we view in the Western society. Uh, that means that art is uh, reflected by, you know, the, the artist and ref it's, uh, it's by the society's phenomena, what's going on. So the Western society artists, uh, they are really eagerly and freely express what they feel about the society and they can criticize psychologically and then, you know, whatever they feel they can uh, really depict subject matters they want to do. Uh, that's what it called the art for art's sake in this society, in liberal society. But in North Korea, there's no such thing art for art's sake. So the category of art for art's sake to apply to North Korean artist or our community or largely society is simply not fair because their environment is very different, very limited, very isolated. 
It's a completely different uh, kind of environment. So we cannot simply expect uh, their art to be art for us sake. But is it, um, you know, is there an official position or teaching on art for art's sake in North Korea? You know what, to their own perspective, whatever they do is art for our sake. It is uh, what we decide, what, how we uh, you know, perceive from our own perspective, our own prism. It is not art for our sake they produce in North Korea. But to them, they produce a very genuine art from the bottom of their heart. Once again here, it is uh, our own preconception of art that, you know, the art supposed to be art for our sake from the experience that we have in this society. Now, what about uh, individual expression? So there's no individual expression in North Korean art. Uh, what does that mean? And, and, uh, and what does that say about North Korean art in itself? Individual expression, I guess it can be applied to exactly the same category of art for art's sake. So there, there is individual expression in North Korea, especially uh, in the genre of landscape and any other uh, uh, expressions except the ideological paintings. So we have to understand their society, first of all. It is a socialist country. So society educate people different. What they express is from what they learned that is a socialism, which is glorifying society, people, proletariat, and idealizing uh, you know, their leaders. That's the category they learn. That's the category they express. But within that uh, limited uh, subject matters, they can still do very much individual expressions, which, which is really remarkable. So in non-ideological painting then, um, to what extent can North Korean artists choose their subject matter, uh, their modes of expression, the, the mood or message of their painting, the materials and the style? They can do mostly landscape paintings and the depicting of animals, or they can uh, choose you know, any individual portraits from their family members and friends. Those things, you know, uh, subject matters we do in this society outside of, you know, North Korea, whole lot of artists do exactly the same. So there's a variety of subject matters they can choose. But it, when artists are young and if they are uh, uh, discovered by the state, they are very, very talented. They usually get into the area of depicting uh, leaders' image and more ideological themes, which they feel, artists feel that it is uh, their honor to do that. When you get older, or some other artists who don't have that much talent of depicting, you know, figurative uh, subject matters, from the beginning, uh, start doing um, landscape paintings or, you know, drawing and painting animals and whole other um, subject matters. Can anybody in North Korea uh, paint a portrait of the leader? I mean, for example, in, in kindergarten, when young children start painting, uh, is that one of the images that they paint from early on? 
Not at all. You can, as an artist, depict the leader's image only when you have a exquisite talent and you are uh, selected by the uh, organization, art community. Of course, it's a state uh, art organization. Uh, but when they want to do, they feel they can depict their leader's image through their uh, many art exhibitions throughout the country. They submit preliminary drawing, like a draft, small size of the um, later original uh, painting size. And then the uh, judges, jurors, they can see that, see if this artist is uh, talented enough to depict the leader's image. If uh, even though the draft image is, um, uh, even though it's a draft, the image is really um, well depicted, they accept that. They accept that. And then he can or she can um, produce a large size of the uh, leader's image later on for the competition. Mm. So if, if, a, if a young child uh, just simply uh, painted a picture of uh, Kim Il-sung or Kim Jong-il or Kim Jong-un at home and, and brought it to school, that could be a problem. I'm not sure that could be a problem, but I don't think they're there to uh, express that. Probably the teachers and parents, you know, when they watch uh, kids drawing, if it's kind of a really uh, ridiculous, you know, depiction of the leader, it might be really, you know, kind of a laughing stock. And so they wouldn't do it. Now, a lot of people, um, even people who haven't traveled to North Korea, are familiar with the North Korean propaganda art posters. Uh, and then there is the more uh, photograph-like, sort of hyper-realist color painting, uh, for example, a shower at the bus stop that uh, people can find on our website um, in an article about an earlier interview that you gave with NK News. Uh, now, what what are the different genres of North Korean painting that exist apart from those two? You know what? Uh, there are uh, many different genres in painting, just like what we have in this society. First of all, oil painting, watercolor, other, you know, paintings done by different uh, mediums. What they really uh, revere uh, countries, uh, the first medium is Chosunhua, which is a North Korean name for uh, traditional oriental painting using uh, ink wash on uh, rice paper. So that is what they usually, um, you know, promote and then support the genre of their expression in painting. Now, when I think of, uh, of Korean traditional painting, uh, Cho Son Hwa, I might be wrong, but normally I'm thinking of uh, colors uh, black and, and gray uh, on rice paper, but uh, the North Korean version of Cho Son Hwa is very colorful. How did that happen? You know what, from uh, early days, uh, since uh, the separation of uh, two Koreas uh, in 1945, of course, there was a chaotic period for a while. And then um, around 1948, when the North Korean uh, government was established, and artists got together and they had uh, uh, many uh, discussions about, about their colors uh, versus black and white ink. And then they decided to use uh, colors instead of ink because their art is for the people. They have to depict uh, realistic images that people can understand. So to do so, 
instead of black and white, color is more realistic to their lives. I mean, to anybody's lives. Everything is in color. So they decide to use colors uh, more uh, rigorously during that time, from that time. And then uh, it has developed. But as you asked me earlier, uh, while other you know, forms of art, such as sculpture, oil and acrylic paintings, pre-making and even embroidery have certainly been practiced in North Korea. Chosonhua has been the country's main vehicle and the most revered form of expression in art. So uh, through the support of state, Chosonhua has developed unique aesthetics that are distinct from those of uh, other Asian countries. So though other Northeastern Asian nations such as China, Japan, and South Korea also maintain the tradition of uh, this you know, oriental painting by using ink on rice paper, uh, some elements and the characteristics found in the art of DPLK, such as the, you mentioned the, the vibrant use of color, three-dimensional rendering, and the expressionistic brushstrokes applied in figure paintings are uniquely their own. With this, uh, I believe, development of uh, distinct characteristics, Chosona has significantly contributed to uh, the North Koreanness of contemporary art in the DPLK since uh, the late 1960s. Now, you just said that uh, the Chosunhua is very much the most revered uh, form of art in North Korea, and I could certainly uh, attest to that, that it's um, when, when North Korea tries to uh, sell its art to uh, overseas customers. It normally, it is this form of art, it's Chosunhua that's normally for sale. Uh, in 2006, when I went to the uh, Kumgangsan Resort and I visited a, uh, a an art shop, a, a painting shop, and had a look around, all I saw were uh, paintings of nature. So uh, landscapes and tigers and animals in this uh, Chosunhua style. And I remember thinking to myself that um, if they were trying to sell more ideological paintings, they might sell better. You know, the, there's certainly a lot of interest uh, in the world in that uh, kind of, you know, painting with a message, paintings with slogans, uh, anti-American paintings, uh, these kinds of ones. But the Chosen One doesn't have quite as much uh, fascination outside North Korea as it does inside North Korea. And yet you have made uh, Chosen One your main area of, uh, of focus and you've written um, two books on it. So why Chosunhua? Why not the, the propaganda paintings? Uh, my interest uh, in Chosunhua first began that I um, discovered one painting in Washington, D.C., which actually depicted a uh, you know, snow field with a lot of uh, marching soldiers. Mm. And then what I found was uh, this was uh, done very poetically. As an artist and art professor myself, I had uh, hardly seen such uh, poetic expression and rendition of a human figure in any oriental paintings in Northeast Asia. So that was uh, in 2010 in Washington, D.C., oddly, and I saw this Josona painting. The rendering of figures, uh, this kind of a smoky sky depicted and the snow covered the fields, 
uh, it was nearly perfect harmony of ink and water blending together, uh, leading to poetic visual effects that appeal to uh, my emotions. So uh, this kind of a group depiction is uh, not a major tradition in oriental painting, nor was the three-dimensional rendering of subjects. So these characteristics uh, have not been adopted in contemporary oriental figurative paintings of uh, Northeastern Asian nations, with the exception of North Korean art. So that because of that reason, it I was really fascinated to into this um, uh, Chosona style and their uh, sense of brushwork and their uh, sense of uh, uh, poetic uh, rendering. So that was uh, uh, the reason I uh, started my research on Chosonha. And then your question about uh, you know why uh, ideological paintings is not on the in the uh, tourist uh, shops. So you might assume that it sells well, right? Depicting uh, figures that means that ideological paintings usually. Uh, depict the figures in there, either soldiers or, you know, whatever the people working in the field, on uh, the mountains, uh, scenes like that. As an artist, it is very hard to depict uh, the accurate and realistic, uh, right proportions figures in any, any art, uh, not only Chosona, but, uh, you know, the oil paintings. But in Chosonha, it is a, uh, you know, skill-oriented uh, in terms of the uh, technical approach. It's a very, very difficult uh, technically to achieve uh, good artwork, especially the subject matter of a figure, figurative art. The reason is when you make mistake uh, during the process of uh, creating oil painting or acrylic painting, you can simply paint over. But in Chosona process, it is almost impossible to paint over when you make mistake. So you have to start anew. You have to abandon, you know, whatever, how much you have uh, already, uh, you know, uh, developed. You just cannot simply uh, redo it. That is the one of the reasons uh, Chosona artists uh, are mostly skillful. And also that was uh, the reason that you cannot find many ideological paintings done in Chosonha. What's the uh, what is the intersect? What's the relationship between uh, Chosonhua and uh, socialist realist art? Are they the same thing? No, you are asking two very different questions here. One is the art movement. The other one is uh, you know medium or you know technique. So socialist realism is uh, as you know it's in art history. It is. Uh, it, which was developed in the Soviet Union in the early 1930s and eventually became a dominant style in other communist countries. So this type of art has the clear purpose of depicting socialist ideology, often glorifying the role of the proletariat. Since uh, this type uh, style of focus is on capturing the ideals of socialism, the content is uh, usually focused on 
revolution, propaganda of the regime, and, you know, as I said, idolization of the leaders. So that is the, the, uh, the art style and form the North Korean um, government and artists uh, have been practicing. Now, Chosona is, um, as I explained earlier, it's a medium, which means that artists use uh, water-based ink or water-based uh, pigment on rice paper, which is absolutely absorbent surface. It's almost like a blotting paper. Uh, it's very different two concepts, but they love to uh, encourage Chosonha to depict ideological themes because Chosonha means Choson, as you know, is North Korea. Hua means painting. So already they see that uh, within their terminology, this is their own traditional one, Choson, North Korea, painting. So they would like to do using their traditional medium to depict their own um, ideology. Okay, so I'm still struggling a little bit. So, uh, so Chosenhua is a is a medium. Uh, it, it's a style of of painting, and socialist realism is a is a school. Um, have I got that right? Socialist realism is uh, not a school. It is uh, um, in our history major art movement developed in the Soviet Union uh, in the early 1930s, until the fall of the uh, Soviet Union in 1991. But it is a very irony. That's what the uh, world art history depicts. But currently, North Korea is still depicting, they are still depicting socialist realism as of today, 2020 uh, December. It's not, it's not done yet. I mean, they are still doing it. It's continuously developed uh, in North Korea. So that is a very... Uh, strange, you know, the one of the reasons uh, what why art historians um, don't include uh, uh, largely uh, North Korean art in the socialist realism of today because uh, society has been uh, closed off, isolated, and uh, not many people can travel, and then their art is not exposed to the outside, and then people don't know what's really going on in their art community. Whenever I give a lectures and um, you know the um, interviews, and they're really surprised. You know, wow, they have art in North Korea. So when I curated two major international uh, art exhibitions, one in DC and the other one in Gwangju, South Korea, uh, people simply uh, startled. They moved because not because of you know the other aspects, but because of the scale the uh, technique, and then very rare elements of a socialist realism content. So that is a very different art, different from the contemporary art that we express uh, freely in this society. Now, uh, apart from the, uh, the materials used, as you just pointed out there, uh, the Chosenhua is uh, mainly watercolors uh, on rice paper. And for our listeners there, uh, rice paper is actually not made from rice, but uh, mulberry uh, wood. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, it's not from either rice or rice plant, but rather from inner bark of a mulberry trees. So what what really makes um, North Korean art different from Soviet socialist realism art? That is a very interesting question. Whenever I mention North Korean art, 
and give lectures uh, showing North Korean art, people have a reaction that, okay, that is uh, Soviet Union or Eastern uh, European communist countries' art. It seemingly is fine to express that way, but I have a trouble with the, you know, accepting that. The thing is, um, social realism art depicts realism. That means we can uh, readily understand, emotionally take it. Either uh, there is no really either you, you understand or not, we can see it from the beginning. Because of that realism, uh, Soviet Union also depicted very vividly to such as, uh, you know, the battle scenes and people's life or mining scenes and agricultural areas. They are depicting very vividly, realistically. It's wonderful art they created. Mm. The difference of uh, the socialist realism art in North Korea uh, from Soviet Union is that North Korean artists also can do that vividly and expressively and realistically to the subject matter. Also, they can really depict something Soviet Union uh, artists cannot do, it, which is uh, the, the North Korean artists can capture and reveal the um, individual's uh, nuance of emotions in their face, in their art. So that is something that I discovered is a very interesting, very delicate, very emotional, and sometimes very poetic. So that is very different from the two different countries' art. Hmm. Now, do you see Confucianism and Confucian values in North Korean art? It is an irony that I discovered uh, through their art, you know, through people's expressions in art, especially in Chosunha. Uh, I found that the Confucianism uh, in their melodramatic narratives, which is also a very uh, an ironic um, uh, expressions in their art. So what they do uh, is, I found is that this kind of a exaggerated uh, theatricality in their work means that, you know, Sometimes uh, workers smile in their really, uh, you know, working area. This seems to me very inauthentic or unrealistic. However, it is worth considering why North Korean artists are persistently drawn to depicting melodrama in their art, including the uh, images of people smiling within scenes that are fraught with the hardship and struggle. Mm. So I asked myself, is it a fantasy or a utopian world that uh, North Korean artists desire to portray? My answer is maybe, but we don't really know why. It's unfathomable. The ostensible glorification of people's daily lives in, uh, is in part a reflection of the politics because it's a propaganda. And yet, it also reveals the deeper complexity of the philosophical norm of the society, which I see there uh, still prevailing ideals of Confucianism, as you mentioned, dictate the desire to uphold decorum, respect, and dignity in all situations. 
The presence of Confucianism in contemporary culture is a large source of the irony that makes North Korean art a mystery within the context of a propaganda, which is uh, very different from uh, you know, Soviet Union's art. I, I must say, I'm having a little bit of trouble with that one there. Uh, help me to understand. So when I look at a painting of a, a North Korean uh, worker in a steel blast furnace, um, you know, shoveling coal into a, a raging hot smelter, uh, and he's uh, smiling, uh, is that somehow a Confucian expression? It is, uh, in a way, Confucian expression because they don't want to express hardships, frowning. They don't want to express, you know, indesirable situation. So even though they go through hardships, they want to show their dignity as a human being. That's why they do, you know, that kind of expression. That is what they think is a respect. And, uh, you know, uh, as a human being in the society. And also, in part, as I said earlier, it's a politics. It's a propaganda art. But those two elements are mixed in the expression of their art. Yeah, I want to explore this a little bit further, because uh, it's interesting. Kim Il-sung, uh, you know, if you read about his childhood, he was not educated in a, uh, a Confucian school and, in fact, left North Korea when he was a teenager to go to China. Uh, most of the early North Korean leaders were people who had lived uh, for many years as guerrilla fighters in China, uh, and also there were some ethnic Koreans from the Soviet Union. Um, furthermore, North Korea rejects old value systems like Confucianism. In, in 1967, Kim Il-sung vehemently criticized Confucius in his secret speech on the immediate tasks in the direction of the party's propaganda work. Uh, and then later, in a writing entitled The Teachings of the Great Generalissimo Kim Il-sung on the Greatness of the Generalissimo Kim Jong-il, Kim Il-sung actually praised the genius of his own son, Kim Jong-il. Now, all of this goes to say that it, North Korea, on the face of it, doesn't sound like there's much Confucianism left in it. So really, is it only a, a, a couple of visual clues that we can look at and say, ah, that could be Confucianism? You know what? Uh, that is very interesting. That is the uh, uh, elite people or top ruling uh limited uh, number of people's ideals. And then most of other ordinary people there, they, they, they are very superstitious, <laughs> very strangely. You know, uh, this kind of uh, philosophical uh, norm of the society, which I call, you know, uh, Confucianism is still prevailing there, is... Uh, inevitable. It, 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 is, it is there. It is, it's a part of their life. And then because of that, when you visit Pyongyang, you can see people's uh, dress. They dress very well, even though it's not really fancy. Only dress in clean and decent uh, way. And then also whatever they do, uh, they don't want to show the uh, undesirable situation to uh, outsiders, even to their own people. So whenever I try to visit um, you know, Pyongyang University of Fine Arts, many times they said they have uh, constructions going on. How can you have constructions going on all the time whenever I visit there? But, but I, later on, I, I 
found out that it is an excuse, their excuse, because there's something that they're not really want to show. That's the, the aspect that I uh, finally um, kind of concluded that, oh, that is the, their value, their uh, deep uh, Confucianism value in their mind. So whatever the top-notch uh, leaders, uh, you know, proclaimed and the policy, the people in there, their life is different because they are descendants of, you know, uh, nine, before 1945 uh, generation. So in their culture, domestic education, they still have those outside their all socialist, you know, communist uh, the values they learn. But within domestic, you know, domestic education, that they respect, they respect decorum, and you know, the dignity is not from only Confucianism, but from their own policies. Chuche idea is also uh, depicted as a dignity of a human being. So all those are mixed and mingled um, the politics and then the, um, the philosophical norms of society, it is reflected through their art. Now, when I look at posters from uh, China, from uh, Chinese socialist realist art from the 1970s, the style of art looks very similar. And sometimes I think if you only changed the slogans and the flags and the uniforms, the paintings from China in the 1970s could easily pass for North Korean ones. And we see, for example, uh, a leader on a white horse, uh, children around their loving leader, uh, a land of plenty, farms full of uh, ears of wheat, uh, or sorry, rice, I should say, uh, harmonious solidarity of workers, uh, the happy sailor, uh, the strong army man, the farmer, the pilot, etc., the red flags. To what extent is North Korean art really different or rather an imitation of uh, Chinese socialist art? You know what? Um, 1970s, you mentioned um, Chinese uh, poster image. Those are very typical propaganda poster image uh, in any socialist countries, including North Korea and uh, even in Eastern European communist countries uh, during that time. But that is a poster image. It is not considered uh, the fine art. So 1970s is uh, really Chinese uh, society has been through uh, very difficult times because of the Cultural Revolution. During that time, you might know that North Korea, uh, they exported their cultural aspects to China, their movies, their uh, dramas to Chinese kids at night they enjoy, you know, uh, after school, that kind of movies from North Korea. There was a prevailing uh, sources from both North Korea and the Soviet Union uh, for the people in China during that time. But of course, all the Oriental people feel uh, sort of affinity of their cultures. So Chinese people, the elementary school level uh, to upper level, uh, they enjoy the North Korean uh, cultural um, influence during that time. So if you go to China now, people around the 50s or 60s, they still... Uh, cite, you know, the North Korean songs they learned when they're young, even though without knowing the meaning of it, 
So that is a very strong uh, influence from North Korea. So this is a very uh, interesting question you brought. Um, 1970, Chinese, you said it's um, uh, Chinese influence to North Korean art. I uh, very strongly opposing, uh, I am opposing to that idea of influence of uh, Chinese art to North Korean art because uh, through my research and through my many interviews of uh, North Korean uh, art specialists in Pyongyang, including director and curator of Joseon National Museum of Art, they never see that because uh, of the uh, historical evidence that everything that during that time Chinese was I mean, the Chinese art was uh, devastated because of cultural revolution. While North, Co North Korean art was really flossing at that time. So it is not much uh, evidence or non-evidence that the influence of Chinese art to uh, North Korean art. But anyway, those propaganda posters, it's uh, universal among the uh, uh, communist and socialist countries. So when you see only that uh, propaganda posters, you cannot really say that it is Chinese or North Korean because they're all, you know, Asian people. You're very right to that sense, but deeper uh, in their more, more fine arts area, it is very different especially in uh, Chosona or Oriental painting style, during the 1970s, there's no real big development in China in their, uh, otherwise, you know, uh, they're really uh, uh, proud of their tradition. But unfortunately, there's no uh, bridge or continuity of the Oriental painting in China during that period. Now, talking more broadly about uh, DPRK painting that is exported overseas, uh, for example, you've got the uh, the panorama in the Angkor Wat Museum in Cambodia, uh, the October War panoramas in uh, Damascus in Syria and in Cairo in Egypt, uh, and the panorama mural at the Independence Memorial Museum in uh, Namibia. Now, do they fit fully into the genre of Chosonhua? Or I, I just wonder, when North Korean art is commissioned by foreign governments, is there um, more creativity or is it like a, a, a different version of Chosonhua? Uh, what can you tell me about that? Those uh, monumental images uh, needed for specific countries like Syria, Egypt, or, you know, down the Angkor cultural uh, aspects depicted uh, um, in the South uh, Asian region, mm -hmm. those are for the country's need. That means that country needs their own, you know, depiction of revolution and their own socialist images. Uh, unfortunately, uh, during, you know, that time, they don't necessarily have the um, uh, enough artists or talented artists to depict those uh, in realistic forms. That's why North Korean artists uh, relatively um, in uh, inexpensive, uh, you know, the labor, <laughs> unfortunately, we call it labor charge. Um, they uh, exported um, to the country and then they um, executed uh, their work there. But it is different from Chosunha. 
as I said, Josona is done on rice paper, very soft, fragile paper. And these uh, monumental images uh, should be very rigid and then should last uh, long uh, to the outside environment. Even though it, they have a roof, but still, um, you know, they have to stand for a long period of time. So they're usually done on the cotton uh, canvas, and then they uh, sew together to make a really uh, long, uh, uh, you know, meters of um, the depiction. So in terms of Josona, uh, there, there are many talented artists. So some of those artists also went there to work together with um, other uh, painting area artists. Ah, okay. So because it's not on rice paper, it cannot be correctly called Chosenhua, but some of the Chosenhua artists may have worked on these projects. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Right. Now, in 2017, the, uh, North Korea, the DPRK Embassy in London uh, exhibited the works of some Mansudeh artists that they painted during a visit to uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, these were uh, street scenes, uh, a bit like the, the Chosenhua um, street scenes from North Korea that we see. Now, one of those paintings by Hong Song-il even showed poppies at the Tower of London, which is interesting because that's a, an installation that honors the war dead of a country, namely the United Kingdom, that fought against the North Koreans in the Korean War. Does that surprise you? Uh, no. The people who showed, artists who showed their work, I believe in their North Korean embassy during that time in London, um, those work are really not really mainstream of North Korean uh, art. To my judge, they go out there to get the more like a people-friendly uh, environment. They depict um, uh, London citizens and they depict the scenery um, on site. I mean, that's uh, probably uh, better uh, for them to appear uh, in this society through their art. So that's the main reason. Uh, but to me, as an um, art researcher of North Korean, um, this society of art, that is not really a significant expression of art. Mm. Have you noticed any thematic shifts in North Korean art over the years? Uh, for example, if you, um, well, is there a clear difference between the Kim Jong-il era and the Kim Jong-un era? Throughout the history, Kim Jong-un's uh, predecessors, uh, his father and grandfather, uh, were uh, both very devoted uh, to develop country's art. Especially Kim Jong-il uh, was the particular leader who focused and uh, uh, put a lot of energies and visited so many sites of a creating uh, area during his um, uh, leadership. And uh, now a uh, new leader here, I mean, the society is very dramatically uh, shifting, not really what we see it is really uh, shift, but within their leader's uh, direction and uh, more people are kind of exposed to the outside culture, especially the artist uh, top elite artists, uh, they had more chance to uh, travel to outside the, you know, their country. So 
to me, uh, they are still doing exactly the same uh, what they did uh, you know, decades ago, but there's a small fraction of a new trend. I see that, uh, that the Josona artists uh, started depicting slightly more uh, liberal way of uh, you know, taking their subject matters and then um, you know, expressing slightly different from what they used to uh, depict. You know, we can compare it from 10 years ago. Mainstreams are exactly remaining the same, but there are very small, you know, small number of artists. They have a chance to visit outside. They're kind of changing a little bit. Um, those artists, who are not depicting the traditional socialist images, they are not really uh, pushed outside of their community. In other words, they are not really punished by doing you know, what they used to do, but not doing what they used to do, but they cannot be really mainstream of artists. Are you seeing or have you seen more or less uh, anti-Japanese sentiment in uh, North Korean painting in the last 20 years? <laughs> you know what? Anti-Japanese sentimentism has been saturated uh, throughout the, their history since 1945, especially 1948. That is the, their, you know, Japan or Japanese are their major enemy, even more than uh, Americans. So in their work, Japanese are only, you know, even now, is depicted as uh, someone who tried to steal your labor and uh, you suppress the North, North Korean people. So they're very much really anti-Japanese. Now, you've made a, a lot of trips to North Korea to meet with the artists at the Mansudae studio. Um, what did you learn there? I learned the quite a lot. At the same time, I learned nothing. Of course, I explored many different uh, you know, areas and met many different people uh, to get to know them and to see what they are doing and then have some limited conversation. So that's what I learned. And of course, it's a very valuable experience. I said I learned that nothing means I couldn't penetrate deeper. That was really sad part, but uh, something like what I learned, what I experienced, in North Korea, North Korean art community, maybe few people could do it. So I feel very fortunate that I was able to do it. So it's a really interesting story that, you know, there is a big place called the School Children's Palace. After regular school hours around the three o'clock, a lot of kids go there to do their extracurricular activities such as sports and gymnastics and music and, you know, playing instruments and even playing Go and then including uh, art exercise. The thing is, sometimes mothers bring their kids to that uh, drawing session saying that, you know, oh, my kid wants to learn how to draw. And then the instructor there told me that he discovered some of those kids don't have any talent. 
They don't want to do it, but mothers bring those kids. The reason is, this is really interesting. The reason is that later on, if you become artist in the society, you are respected and you get paid. You have a better life than, you know, ordinary people. So it shows that, you know, art and artists are very much respected in the society. And as a result, they get treated better. And then also there are many different artist levels, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, honorary titles you can get from uh, married artists to uh, people's artists. Those people who have that honorary titles, of course, they have uh, extra treatment, you know, from the government, such as, you know, you can have a single room and you travel uh, in a hotel, or you get the you know better ration you know tickets and things like that. Now, of course, Mansude is not the only uh, art studio in North Korea. There's also uh, the Pekho Art Studio, uh, and there are some other ones. Uh, do they serve different purposes, as far as you know? Do you know anything more about that? Yeah, uh, there are about uh, roughly ten artist studios in Pyongyang. The biggest one is uh, the Mansude Art Studio, which is the largest uh, art community in the whole world. Uh, other art studios, as you mentioned, the Beko, White Tiger Studio Art, uh, Art Studio. And there's a Samjian and Central and, uh, you know, Railroad. There are so many different, uh, art studios. They have their own, uh, distinctive purpose of, uh, their existence. Uh, most of them, they're, you know, they're doing, uh, creating art for the, uh, uh the collectors, uh, outside. Uh, now, Kim Jong-il uh, apparently wrote many books about various arts. Uh, in 1992, he published Misulon, a treatise on art. Have you read it? <laughs> I uh, decided not to read. That's the theory of their uh, art in the society. All other North Korean art researchers and scholars read that without any exception. As an artist myself, I don't do if people are doing. I would rather go to the field on site, talk to people, see their art and see their exhibitions and museum collections, curators and museum directors and and those are more valuable art to me. I want to see live art instead of uh, written, you know, ancient book like uh, you just mentioned. So that's the reason that I refuse to read. I mean, don't tell this to any North Korean people. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it is still pretty uh, valuable information that the leader uh gave to the people, especially to the artist. His, uh, his book is like a Bible for the artist. You know, North Korean side, you have to memorize those things. You have to memorize those things. It is uh, essential. Now, also in, uh, in North Korea, I know that um, some artists receive distinctions from the state. You've got the uh, artist of merit, the Gongun Yesulga, and then the people's artist, the Inmin Yesulga. And then some of them, if they're very special, may even get the Hero of Labor, the Roryok Yongung Award. Uh, how can artists win these distinctions and, and what do they practically mean? It means uh, quite a lot. It means a uh, really great deal among artists and in art community. First of all, to become married artist, you have to come from fifth sort of a grade or a degree uh, 
as an artist uh, level, uh, when you graduate from uh, Pyongyang University of Art, you have a zero degree. If you are very good, really talented, and one of the uh, like one percent top notch student, you graduate with the fifth degree already. You go through fourth, third, second, and first. To become first degree artist, it probably takes normally uh, more than a couple of decades. To become married artist, you have to continuously exercising your work and continuously exhibiting your work in a major art exhibition called the National Art Exhibition. So once you get, once you get, you know, first, second, third, or you receive a medal, then you have a good chance to become married artist. And then mm -hmm. after you achieve married artist title, you need at least about average of six years of uh, intensely uh, training yourself and practicing art, going through many art exhibitions, uh, then you can become a people's artist. It is a really big honor. Treat from the government is different, right? And then you, uh, you mentioned something like a hero of labor. That mm -hmm. is, you know, a special honor if you have achieved a very special achievement, something like, you know, you, you did it, uh, you know, Taeyang Sang, uh, like a Kim Il Sung's portrait that can be displayed as their, you know, their platform. And that kind of uh, achievement, you can have the title of Hero of Labor. And uh, some other artists, can have a double hero of labor means twice. There's only, you know, only a few, very few artists in North Korean art community had that. Have you, uh, when you were at the uh, Mansudeh studio, did you happen to meet any North Korean comic book artists? I know I haven't had any chance to meet the comic book artist. Okay, that's uh, my own area of uh, special knowledge. And I was very interested to find that um, uh, at least a handful, maybe about a dozen of the North Korean comic book artists are actually uh, merit artists and people's artists. So they don't just choose anybody. Some of them are actually really very good. I'll follow up later on uh, on an email with you and I'll send you the names of some of these merit artists if you're interested. Wonderful. Please do so. Uh, last question, I, well, one of the last questions, because we're already over an hour here. I would, could you tell us a little bit about kitsch in North Korean art? That's a word we hear thrown around a lot. Uh, it's something that one of the reasons why North Korean propaganda art is so popular is because of the kitsch element. But what, what is it about kitsch in North Korean art? That is uh, something that we have uh, in the Western society that we... Uh, title North Korean art uh, as kitsch. Now, kitsch art, it's not in the North Korean art alone. It's all over the world. When you go to uh, any art galleries in your town or, you know, the uh, small exhibitions, they're not considered mainstream art. And, but still people enjoy, right? Enjoy yeah. doing, you know, with some talent, you know, they are depicting flowers and depicting, you know, anything they want to do, but not necessarily it's really great art. I mean, we just say, we just, wow, it's good art. We enjoy it, right? The problem is 
People say that North Korean art is kitsch. That's because we have very strong uh, preconception of North Korean art. We don't understand the society uh, really deeply. That's the, the problem. That's why they, uh, the, they have assumptions. So there are two main obstacles to avoiding assumptions when uh, viewing North Korean art. The first, I think, is that there are many kitsch, as you said, artworks produced in the DPRK, but it is not only North Korea's situation. All liberal societies, we see bunch of kitsch art. We don't consider those kitsch because, you know, because this society is different, but without adequate exposure to quality artwork from the DPLK, we form our own assumptions. That's first one. And then the second one is our ignorance, as I said, of the system and the culture of the DPLK. We simply don't fully comprehend the subtle nuances of each society because of our you know, lack of exposure, our preconceptions hinder us from enjoying the artwork for its true worth. It is the uh, very uh, sad um, that we call it kit. Kit is all over the world. Mm. Now, uh, definitely my last question here is what do you hope to do uh, in the future with North Korean art? Obviously, no one is able to go there now to the DPRK. It, it's uh, uh, closed more tightly than ever before because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, but do you hope to travel there again to the Mansadeh studio? Or do you hope to organize more exhibitions? What's your plan? Yes, definitely. Uh, if possible, I have to wait until the pandemic situation is over. And at the same time, the UN sanctions really uh, cleared up to the country. Then I can legally travel to the country. And I have a lot of uh, hopes and uh, uh, anxiety as, at the same time to expose North Korean art to uh, the Western world because I discovered it is really valuable uh, that we can share their cultural uh, assets. And then I feel very fortunate uh, for the opportunities uh, so far to see and examine, you know, many kids and non-kids artworks in Pyongyang. Mm. Uh, so from the outset, I was determined to view those artworks, you know, from the beginning with an open mind and then to gain a fresh perspective. So that's what I'm going to do continuously. If I do it, this uh, will allow me to experience the richness and subtlety uh, of the art and to discover unexpected and diverse and individual expressions, something that people don't have that kind of opportunity. So that is my duty and my job to do it. So people can understand North Korean society through art. That's my wish. Well, that is, uh, that's great. Thank you very much. We wish you good luck with that. And thank you for your time again today, Professor Moon. Thank you very much. <laughs>